Amen, brother. A effing man. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Forgotten Conservative. It is 2353, 1153, July 15th. Um, down here on the farm. Um, peaceful, loving life. Trying to. Um, trying to live my life trying to preserve my own freedom, fight for freedom and liberty, trying to inform, um, trying to spread the word, spread the knowledge, inspire, educate, and speak the truth. I don't think as Americans, we, we have paid attention we're, we obviously are doing a better job over the last couple years since COVID. We are in a battle. We are in a fight. You hear um, one of my favorite songs, When Johnny Comes Marching Home Again. I've played it before. Um, it's inspiring to me. So hopefully you guys like it. This version I've mentioned before comes from Die Hard 3. It's loosely based on uh, Brahms, I think his first symphony. Um, you know, again, that shouldn't surprise you. I'm a geek about a lot of things, so I do have an affinity for certain classical music, but I like the tune, number one, in general. And it originates from the Civil War. I've mentioned that. It has nothing to do with that. But we, it, we have to fight. We have to realize that not only are, are we having to fight for our kids, maintain our freedoms, the founding principles, um, quit feeling guilty, and or ashamed, uh, hesitant to speak your mind. And I don't mean picking arguments. I don't mean um, being obnoxious, aggressive, but, you know, engaging. We conservatives, Republicans, um, Christians, the silent majority, we, we have shied away from engaging. And we have watched as our country has been slowly slipping away. Most of us for years and years always felt, hey, I show up to the polls. I've mentioned before, that is no longer sufficient. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to probably talk about a wide range of things tonight. There's a few things I do want to hit. Um, Unlike most nights, I've taken a couple of notes 
kind of bullet points. But before I get to that, we, you know, when I say that we've looked at voting as doing our civic duty and lamented for generations to hell, the company's going, the country is going to hell in a handbasket. But I voted. My guy didn't win. My guy did win. Um, I, I didn't vote for this guy because of this reason or that reason. This last couple of cycles, 18 and 20, we had people running. I know um, Susan Collins in Maine. Um, I think she ran for re-election in 2020. I know it was either 2018 or 2020, but I believe it was 2020. I can't stand Susan Collins. I, you know, number one, she reminds me of Ethel Thayer. Um, if you, it's kind of a joke, quasi joke, but not really. Um, Ethel Thayer was a character in On, Gold, On Golden Pond. Um, Henry Fonda's wife, played by Catherine Hepburn. Uh, I joke about that, probably not tasteful. I don't care. I do not care. When you are a Republican and you vote with the Democrats a large percentage of the time. And by the way, there's a website, Conservative Review, that rates um, the senators and the House of Representatives on their voting history. Uh, they just take random legislation. Um, they don't do every piece of legislation or every vote, but they take it randomly. Um, and they give politicians in Washington a grade. It's a very helpful um, website to see where maybe your particular um, senator or congressman is at. I know they originally had tried to reach down into state legislatures. I think, I don't know if they're doing it yet. Uh, I know that was something they wanted to do. I think they probably cover those um, legislatures maybe more closely in an election year. Um, I just know for the Washington politicians, they grade them based on their conservative or lack thereof voting record. Susan Collins has been pitiful for years. I don't really think the woman has core principles. Um, I don't know for certain. I'm just basing that opinion on votes and statements that she's made over the past several years, 15 years, 10, 15 years, um, how at one point she'll take this stance. A few years later, she takes this stance, which was opposite of the previous stance. So, you know, I don't live in Maine. My dear sweetheart is in Maine. Um, for the record, I'm considering moving to Maine. Uh, 
I don't know that I will gain that much more knowledge simply by living there. I'm going to keep my residence in Florida. Um, but nevertheless, you know, she's been there forever. However, in this climate, as bad as she is, once she won the Republican primary in Maine, then we had to vote for her. We had to support her. I certainly wouldn't have sent her money. But, you know, she ended up winning re-election. Lindsey Graham's another one. John McCain was famous for this horseshit. John McCain would get to Washington and uh, he loved being a media darling. He was the maverick. John McCain was a nasty, um, backstabbing, political hack. Um, I really want to say bad words. And I'm not going to say bad words because I want to keep it, uh, you know, family friend friendly. Because I've always already said a shit. Um, which, hell, nowadays, you know, is nothing. Nevertheless, I'm not withholding those names because I don't want to cuss. I'm withholding those names because he did fight for this country. He was a veteran. And at one time, he did have honor. When he ran for president in 2000 against Bush, and I may have covered this, um, I know I spoke about it on the surface before, but who knows? It may have been on uh, a recording that disappeared. It may be on an unpublished recording. I don't know. But in 2000, he's running against Bush. Um, we, we're coming off Clinton. Uh, Al Gore is the vice president running to continue Clinton's policies and uh, you know, even at that time, Al Gore was big on the global warming movement, um, which, I, 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 again, it's not global warming. It's not climate change. It is degrowth. It is to slow down the United States and its economy. It is regressive. It, the entire idea, idea is to go backwards. Okay, I've said it before. I don't know what other other language at this minute to make it more clear, to articulate it um, more vividly. I always took that statement. I always took that philosophy, uh, those warnings about quote-unquote, degrowther, regressive, with the grain of salt. I didn't give it tin hat, tinfoil hat, conspiracy theory status, but I didn't elevate it. I didn't, um, I just thought that it's a bunch of elitist kooks looking for, um, you know, how these, sometimes these women, especially, um, upper class, um, I, just because I don't know any other way to put it, like the, the wives of who, whoever, Beverly Hills or Atlanta or whatever crap, 
that comes on TV. You know, they, they have a cause, let's say. Um, like Miss America, if they still have it, you know, I don't know. I, you, you could have a Miss America bikini pageant and, you know, she comes out, Miss Las Vegas or whatever, Miss Nevada is in a bathing suit and her twig and berries are visible. That's, that's where we're going. Nevertheless, I digress. But I never gave it a whole lot of thought. I just thought it was some busybody people that, you know, was looking for a, a thing, um, a cause, something to uh, make themselves feel righteous. They were guilty about this or that or the other. Um, you know, their husbands were was a doctor or an attorney and, you know, didn't tell them they were pretty or, you know, whatever. And I'm not, I don't want to focus, I don't want to sound um, picking on women. That's not the point. The point is, I just viewed it for years as, it, yes, elites, yes, some believed it, yes, they pushed it, but I didn't think that there were um, common everyday people that bought into it. I thought that there was a certain percentage that probably did, just like anything, anything at all, a certain percentage will buy into it, especially if uh, a news organization says it, um, states it on the evening news, if a prominent politician says it and repeats it, if a celebrity says it, uh, you know, tries to elevate his status by um, showing how much he cares about uh, a cause, in this case, global warming, aka climate change. Um, I, 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 and I thought, maybe these guys buy into it. Here's an example, Bill Gates. This dude's a kook. He's buying up land left and right. Um, I think he is behind something going on. I don't know what it is. Um, but I, I, the guy, number one, has too much money and too much time on his hands. Now, I'm not denigrating because he's rich. I'm not casting aspersions because he has all this money. In my opinion, he's earned it. It's his. And as long as he's not breaking laws, he's pretty much earned it and can do with it as he wishes. I just don't trust the guy. But the way rich people like that get out of the public outcry or politicians beating them up about their money, their wealth, their uh, not paying their fair share, etc. <coughs> excuse me, is they take up these causes. So they take up these causes, give back, donate, in some cases millions or billions of dollars. But 
I don't necessarily think it's just out of the kindness of their hearts. I, I don't want to be so cynical as to say it's simply tax write-offs either. But in, in his particular case, I think there's something going on. I think he's a part of something. So I equate his intent or my view of his intent to the mm, politicians, some politicians, um, a lot of the everyday citizenry that buys into it and believes it. They are indoctrinating our children with this. I think I mentioned last week about uh, I've heard stories of uh, a child seeing his grandfather or great, you know, something like this and chastising or criticizing or condemning uh, grandpa because of him polluting and helping to destroy the grandkids' future. And I, I mean, there's I, I've read or heard dozens of stories like this over the past six to eight years. That's the kind of things that they're teaching these kids in our schools. I can remember as a child in the 70s seeing commercials about uh, the environment and things like that. Uh, when I talk about rhinos, when I talk about uh, Trump, Reagan governing conservatively, H.W. Bush, G.W. Bush not governing as a conservative with conservative values and principles, um, quasi-rhinos, uh, but a better description is establishment Republicans. When I, here's one of the reasons why those people are harmful to our movement. Richard Nixon. Everybody talks about Richard Nixon and Watergate. Which, by the way, you know, I've researched, I've read books. I've, I read the book of the judge that presided in a lot of the, um, court hearings, D.C. federal judge John J. Sirica, I think is how he pronounced it. Um, but he wrote a book. So I've, you know, done a lot of research study to have a clearer picture. His biggest crime, and I may have mentioned this, is loyalty. Having loyalty and not allowing people to take the consequences for their actions. By having the loyalty and engaging in the cover-up, that was his crime. No prior knowledge um, or anything like that. But when all of it started, he, he wasn't honorable. He didn't just... And I'm, I don't necessarily mean just hang them out to dry, but just be honorable. You didn't do anything. You didn't make those decisions. 
So you don't have anything to worry about. The media is going to spin it whatever way they want to. That's just how it is. Nevertheless, that's his legacy. Also his legacy, creating OSHA. What did the Biden administration do with OSHA? Tried to mandate employers, I think it was over 100, to get the jabs and, and, and all that. Um, he created um, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. He basically opened the door with China. Um, which could have went a, a, a better way, but our weak leadership over the years has not taken advantage of that relationship. Um, that's a whole different rabbit hole and I don't want to go down it. The point is, when we do elect these Republicans without conservative values and principles, this is what we get. When you know, Biden's in office. The Dems have both houses. They're marching full steam ahead. If it were not for Joe Manchin and a, a couple of votes with uh, Kirsten Cinema, with Arizona, we'd be in a world of hurt. What was it? December 2020, uh, the Senate passed the, I think it was a $500 uh, COVID relief bill. Uh, remember, Trump was pushing for it. The Republicans were pushing for it. Uh, the Republicans had the House. I'm sorry, had the Senate. And the Dems had the House. And Pelosi flat out said, she's not doing it, certainly before the election. But she, do, she did not want Americans getting checks with Trump's name or signature on them. It wasn't a secret. On the record out of her, uh, you know, denture-filled mouth. Loose dentures at that. But I think, you know, 15, 20 Republicans voted for that $500 million. Um, Biden comes in and they do another type of spending bill. I think it was maybe $1.9 trillion. And just continuing to add to the economy. You, you can't do that. You can't govern that way. The laws of economics are as unforgiving as the law of gravity. Trust me. Trust me. The law of gravity does not forgive. Okay? Fall out of a tree. Um, walk out of a uh, a bar at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon after, you, you know, you've been drinking since it opened at 11 and the sun hits you and you don't have your sunglasses and you stumble. Yeah, gravity, gravity works. The laws of economics is the same way. You cannot control an economy by printing money. And this country has done it basically since 0708 
the end of Bush, the beginning of Obama. Not only are they spending money over the last several years, and Trump was just as guilty. Now, the COVID, I can, you know, give a pass, so to speak, because especially for the blue states that the um, liberal kook governors completely shut down, people were hurting, businesses, restaurants, etc. Um, but those, those should be rare occasions that we spend that kind of money and print that kind of money. Because now the Fed interest rate went up 0.75, I believe, uh, the last time the Fed met. It's at least going to go up another three quarters of a point, if not a full point. I can remember back in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, when the Fed, you know, they're talking about now that 0.75 last month, uh, extreme, uh, bold, words of that nature. The same thing will be said the next time they meet. And it, if I, I'm projecting or predicting a one-point raise. Now, who am I? Nobody. Truck driver. Redneck truck driver. That's who I am. But it's at least going to go up another 0.75, if not a point. Back in the 70s, the last time we had this kind of inflation and just miserable existence across the country and I guess globally under Carter bleeding into Reagan the Fed it was nothing for the Fed to raise it two points two and a half points and then back to back raise it another couple of points to to ultimately slow down the economy so the premise is you raise the interest rate, people quit borrowing. Um, it slows down the economic engine. Companies, um, private uh, businesses, small businesses. Most of these guys that the, the left, the kooks, denigrate as rich, that file their taxes, I think it's as S-Corps, um, I'm not a tax dude. Um, I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but nevertheless, um, a lot of times, of course, they have their salary, but they reinvest the profits to grow the business, research and development, so on and so forth. A lot of times they have to borrow that capital in order to grow. Well, if it costs more money to borrow, they're not going to, they're going to be less likely to invest, to grow. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's one of the ways it slows the economy. Um, but the bottom line is you, you can't spend. On top of that, you, you cannot literally declare war on the lifeblood of the economy, which is fossil fuels, primarily crude. And back 
20, 30 years, 40 years, when all this started, okay, of course, back then the argument wasn't climate change. Hell, it wasn't even global warming. It was global cooling. It was um, the earth was not going to be able to handle, I think at the time, 6 billion people. It, it was arguments along those lines. I think that book I may have mentioned, Paul. Should always forget his name, but it was Paul. I'll, I'll look it up on break. Um, I think he published a book in 68. Pretty much a loser his entire life. He publishes this, this book and it's, I think still to this day, they'll put him in front of the camera and every single friggin' prediction the man has ever made in his life has been wrong. But they give him credibility. Because he was one of the ones that started this movement in his own way as far as population control. Um, but again, this war on fossil fuels, it's got, it, it can't go on. It just, it, it can't. Um, within hours of being sworn in, Biden shut down the Keystone pipeline. Hours. I mean, I can see in the transition, working on some things, having some things ready. Um, maybe they thought he wasn't going to be able to sign his name for very much longer. I don't know. But right off the bat, shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. Put us right back in the Paris Climate Accords. Biden and or the executive branch through regulation, EPA, Department of Interior, uh, so on and so forth, have come up, I want to say 81. Um, I have been searching this uh, several hours today. Uh, I thought there was a list. I found an article that kind of highlights some of the actions and executive orders. Um, it's, it's crazy. It, it Not only is it, number one, unsustainable, it's unrealistic. It can't be. We can't accomplish these goals without doing serious, serious damage to this economy, to this country as a whole, and to individual lives. Okay, I'm not even talking freedom liberty you know the right to pursue happiness that's that's back burner shit okay you're going to have to build a fireplace um get you a fire pit uh i was about to say stock up on space heaters but you you don't even know depending on the part of the country if you're going to have power to, to burn the space heaters. Germany bought all these, not all, but a lot of these European uh, countries have bought this climate bullshit, 
hook, line, and sinker. Germany, one of the first and biggest ones. They are in serious, serious trouble. They are, right now in July, trying to get nuclear and coal fire plants back up and running. And things of that nature, you don't walk into the control room and flip a switch. It's not that simple. Uh, especially with nuclear, for obvious reasons. Um, Trump warned them uh, repeatedly in other NATO countries about depending on Russia and Putin for energy. I mean, I think I touched on it last week. Um, Trump offered our uh, enormous energy uh, resources. But Trump was mean, bad, big orange man. And so Germany said, F you, we're going to buy from Putin. Well, Angela Merkel, okay, how's that working out for you? But guess what? Angela, Chancellor, Prime Minister, whatever your effing title is, guess what? I've spent winters, you know, in, in Germany. Hell, in North Germany, I had to run a heater in August at night. You can bet your ugly German ass will be warm and cozy all effing winter. Your people, your constituency, the people that you are elected to protect are going to be in trouble. It's going to happen this summer, the western half of the U.S. Some encroaching towards uh, the eastern parts. Um, I, I don't think the Atlantic seaboard or, or east coast should be affected. Um, but it's coming here in the next month or two. Um, liable to come during the winter. The coal, or I'm sorry, the wind and solar only provides 10% of our energy. And there's, it's not guaranteed. In other words, the wind don't blow 24 hours a day. Um, obviously, the sun doesn't shine 24 hours a day. When these products are let's just say, in use. Okay, let's say the wind's blowing and you see the, the turbines turning, producing energy, okay? When the wind stops blowing, the turbines continue to turn. Any, first of all, I don't know if, if that's widely known, but they do. They keep turning. Guess how they keep turning? They have battery backups. So they're using batteries 
to turn the wind turbine to produce clean energy. If you know anything about these types of batteries, especially these ones in the electrical vehicles, I would encourage anybody to research how they're made, uh, the process. You know, one of the things with the coal industry, um, precious metals here in, in the United States, you know, big to do, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago was strip mining. Okay. Um, they fought against it, fought against it, fought against it. Uh, Ukraine, um, Afghanistan, countries in Africa that have these minerals. Why did you, why do you think for one that China was, was quick on Johnny on the spot to rush into Afghanistan? All the, all you heard on the news was, uh, minerals. They want those precious minerals, uh, AKA ingredients for these batteries. So we don't even have the resources here in this country to make the batteries. Now, for, forget, we, you know, the ability to power these electric vehicles that they're going to mandate by, I think, 2025, I'm sorry, 2035, 50% of all vehicles sold. Um, we don't have the, the grid right now. I think I mentioned in California, no combustible engines sold after 2030. Um, if they started a brand new energy plant, power, I'm sorry, nuclear, coal, uh, whatever, right now, refinery, right now, no government uh, permits, no restrictions, get the architects, get the construction guys, work three shifts, seven days a week, 20, you know, whatever. They couldn't get it done by 2030 and running online. And I, I shouldn't, it would be a challenge. Okay. When you take away the, the restrictions or permit process, when you take away that stuff, um, I think, I think Americans could possibly have it built possibly and online. I think it would be a, a, a challenge, but my point is we don't have the infrastructure now, solar and wind powering less than 10% and they, they're, they're not 24 hour, uh, suppliers of energy. And so we've got electric and you know, I haven't researched, but that battery that's going to power the, the windmill when the wind's not blowing, doesn't have infinite power. So how does it recharge? Does the turbine, when the wind starts blowing and it's energy positive, in other words, um, it's no longer relying on the battery. It's now producing energy. Does that initial energy go back to recharge the battery? 
or does that initial energy go to the power grid, the electrical grid? Is the battery uh, charged up by electricity? I don't know. But I would venture to say a lot of people have no idea that these, you know, they don't run 24-7. And when they don't and they're not producing uh, positive energy, they're going off the batteries. I think I've mentioned before it, you know, a 2015 or 2017 report I saw, it takes 13 years for a wind turbine to become carbon neutral. In other words, all the carbon, all the fossil fuels, everything that it took to make that one wind turbine, it will have to spend 24 hours a day with the, with the wind, no battery bullshit, 24 hours a day producing positive energy for 13 years before it becomes carbon neutral. Supreme Court, uh, Massachusetts, I, I forget. I want to say it's maybe Massachusetts versus the EPA. I'm not sure. Um, they won a case that extended the Clean Air Act um, to include carbon, which I, I, I mean, I cannot fathom. I just cannot wrap my head around this argument that carbon is bad. Number one, carbon is not a pollutant. When I say it's not a pollutant, um, it's never been a pollutant in all of history. Carbon dioxide was looked at almost revered because it's what fed the trees and the trees fed us oxygen. Basic, basic common sense bullshit. You know, God said, here's a forest, a wilderness. There's beasts, name the beasts. They're at your disposure or disposure for um, sustenance, companionship, whatever. They, they're going to live on the ground, in the air, in the sea, but the trees, the grass, the plants, they're going to give you what you need and you're going to give them what they need. And it's going to strike a perfect balance. Yet, carbon now is all of a sudden a pollutant, a uh, bad. We had a period of time Here's another thing I don't know if people know. Um, you know, I learned it mm, maybe sixth grade, I think it was, when we went through the stages of the earth. Like, you know, you have error, um, whatever. Those, the names, they, they have specific names. Okay, I think it's era and then periods. Um there was a period called the Carboniferous period. Carboniferous. In other words, 
carbon was abundant in the atmosphere. The earth had never and probably will never literally be that green again. The dinosaurs, the plant eaters thrived. I, I mean, who, who put all that carbon in the air? You know, it wasn't called the methane period. So you can't blame the dinosaurs for farting and burping like they're doing now with livestock. The Carboniferous period. How much carbon is in the atmosphere? Anybody know? Dutch? You, you have a, a guess? A wag? Wild-ass guess? Dutch? Do you know how much carbon is in the atmosphere? This mean, bad stuff that, you know, give Trump back Twitter so he quits opening his mouth, <laughs> expelling carbon dioxide. If you have a 10,000 seat arena, Jacksonville, we have the Veterans Coliseum. 10,000 seats in that stadium. How many seats does carbon take up? Again, the, the illustration is the 10,000 seats are the entire atmosphere. So whatever is in the atmosphere is comprised in those 10,000 seats. How many seats does carbon dioxide Occupy. Dutch. None. Four. On average, four seats out of 10,000. How? Okay, let's see. A thousand is 10%. A hundred is 1%. So four would be, is this, it's either 0 0.04 or point. 004 as a percent. I think it's 0 0.04. So how could something so minuscule potentially be so damaging? It can't. On top of it's not a pollutant. But they have finally gotten something to hold on to. Because after global warming failed for various reasons, they changed it to climate change. Now, whether it's a blizzard, a heat wave, tornadoes, hurricanes, hell, probably even earthquakes, volcanoes, whatever. If man had that kind of power, intelligence, resources. Now, this is just me, my way of thinking, strictly opinion. If we had 
that type of power to really affect Mother Nature? Why couldn't we uh, steer a hurricane out into the middle of the Atlantic? Why couldn't we cause it to rain in the southwestern desert of the United States? The dry California, where them effing friggin' kooks. You know, I know there's some good people. I know there's a, a bunch of conservatives in California. God bless you. God friggin' bless you. I just don't, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do it, honestly. Um, th th and they're not getting any better. I was thinking, you know, right before I started recording, I uh, put on some tea. Uh, I drink unsweet tea. I don't drink it at night because of the caffeine, but um, I wanted to make some for tomorrow. Tomorrow night, I'll wake up around, you know, four or five, six o'clock in the evening to go to work. Um, but in my unsweet tea, I use saccharin. I don't, I don't like sugar. I don't, by the way, I don't like sugar per se, nor do I like salt. Uh, definitely, I don't, I say I don't use them. Uh, I don't use salt in everyday meals. Now, I did smoke a turkey, turkey breast, nine-pound turkey breast when I come home from work last night, about four in the morning. Um, and I use a brine for my any turkey that I cook, I smoke. I always brine it. Well, naturally, two of the ingredients is salt and sugar. Nevertheless, since I was a kid, and I say a kid, seven, eight years old, when I started drinking unsweet tea, um, I've always used sweetened mud. So, late 70s, 77, 78, even at that time, on the package of sweetened mud, it says something to the effect of this product has been shown to cause uh, cancer in rats in California or, or some just ridiculous horse pucky. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, I, shit. You know, I don't even want to say the word, but I knocked on wood just in case. Um, but some of California's environmental laws, the Biden administration is trying to take nationwide. Um, these are very restrictive, onerous rules. Not only do these rules, regulations, executive orders um, stop energy from moving forward, it also um, casts doubt uh, has makes investors shy away from investing. Um, They're already attacking banks. They are already trying to uh, muscle uh, 
um, strong arm uh, lending institutions from lending to energy companies. That's how effing ate up and crazy and just over the top. They, uh, the SEC, which covers the stock market. Okay. You know, that's its job. Fairness, equality, uh, accuracy, timely reporting, you know, things to do with public stocks, publicly traded companies and stocks. That's what the SEC does. The Biden administration created a new rule where now, along with your earnings disclosures, um, other financial disclosures, that you have to say what you're doing to combat climate change, what is your, uh, I guess, your carbon footprint, all this regulatory red tape. So, you know, if you have a publicly traded company, what? how do you comply with that? You have to hire somebody. And usually you're, you're looking at some kind of scientist, some kind of, let's just say intellectual, um, good or bad. In other words, you're, you're not, you're hiring somebody that's going to require a lot of money, probably a lot of resources, may even have to have um, a new department within the company. All of that equals the bottom line for the company, the end result, the end product that ultimately goes to the end user or the customer. And no matter what the government does, whether it's taxes, regulations, um, no matter what it is, when they make it more difficult for producers to produce, and especially when it comes uh, like, you know, the um, inflation report, 9.1%, the producer's report was over 11. So just for knowledge, the producers up 11%, 2% higher than inflation, we'll see that reflected next month. That's how much the producers are having to pay year over year to produce the same product. Um, but all those costs eventually are handed to the consumer. By and large, and depending on the business, the, the, the company, the product, the volume, some may reduce their profit margin um, if they're maintaining or growing uh, volume. You know, in other words, if they're selling more widgets, they'll still make more money even though they lower the profit margin. Anyway, we are out of time. Um, we will continue this in hour two, but thanks for indulging, playing along, and listening to The Forgotten Conservative.